Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On this day, when the biggest sports story of the year has unfolded, we'll work our way through the events of Clarkson and Mitchell and the decision that's been made public today on the Hawthorne coaching succession plan. How it happened, who said what, it's all to come. Yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Hope you've had a cracking day. Whoever you've been putting it in, uh, welcome to Time On. Sam Hargraves is my name. However you're finding us, uh, wherever you're finding us, uh, I hope you've had an enjoyable afternoon, day, morning, all of it. Now, one 736 736 Time On is your say on the news of the day, and there's been a ton of it today. And we will start with Alistair Clarkson. Tom Morris uh, was on Dwayne's show earlier on today to break uh, the story that there was doings afoot, uh, that there'd been select uh, journal and media uh, called out to Glenn Ferry to attend, uh, uh, I suppose, a what would you call it, just a roundtable discussion where uh, Jeff Kennett and Justin Reeves from the Hawthorne Footy Club, Sam Mitchell and Alistair Clarkson were all there uh, to explain a decision that they had made um, in terms of Hawthorne's coaching succession plan. And uh, there was a heap that's come from that. Uh, We have the audio that's come through only recently um, with the with, I suppose, that particular press conference. It has, we actually haven't heard any of uh, until now. So we're going to hear a little later of Dermot Brereton's uh, response to it. Um, Campbell Brown, who played in a prem- played with Sam Mitchell, of course, and won a premiership under Alistair Clarkson. What his view on it, Michael Gleeson, who was in the room uh, today when the, those select journos and media representatives were spoken to uh, by the Hawthorne Football Club. But what we haven't heard yet is uh, from Jeff Kennett, Alistair Clarkson and Sam Mitchell. So let's start with Jeff Kennett making the announcement today about the Hawthorne succession plan and effectively the end of Alistair Clarkson's coaching tenure, uh, which will finish up at 18 years um, and unless they are able to shock the world and win a premiership in the next year uh, then with four premierships to be the most successful coach of the modern era and arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. This is what the Hawthorne president, Jeff Kennett, had to say today. Some weeks ago, the coach came to his direct report, uh, the football manager, and indicated after what had happened at Collingwood, I think more than anything else, that we ought to be reconsidering our coaching needs here at Hawthorne for the future. Rob elevated that to Justin, Justin elevated it to me, and I indicated to the board that because we were having a board meeting two Mondays ago, we would be considering this matter. We had a long discussion about the future of the club. And as you are probably aware, recently we reappointed Justin Uh, extended his term, I think it was to 2026, Justin. The point being that over the next few years, we have to complete Dingley, which we hope to do by 23. We have to change 
the presidency, which will happen in two years' time, and we're trying to make sure that we get our ducks in line for the future. So at that meeting, at the board meeting, we made two fundamental decisions. The first was that when Alistair's contract expires at the end of 22, we will not be reappointing him. In other words, by then he'll have done 18 years uh, with great success here at the club. But if, as it may be the case, it's going to take us five to 10 years to get back and to win silver, although I'm saying there'll be a dramatic improvement from 23, the reality is it might take longer and we believe we've got to put in place someone who's heading coaching that will lead us through the next decade. In the same way that when Alistair came here in 2004, we thought we'd get 10 years, we've got 18, and there are not many people in leadership positions anywhere who have long periods of time at one particular place of employment. So. We secondly said, that being the case, where do we go from there? Alistair was responsible for getting Sam back from the West, where he'd both played and worked as an assistant coach. Not with any guarantees, but with the prospect that if Sam proves up, we could appoint him post-Alistair. Hawthorne President Jeff Kennett speaking about the next five to ten years and the plans that, that they have and that they're now implementing uh, he also went on and spoke about uh, Alistair Clarkson as an icon of the Hawthorne Football Club with uh, Alan Jeans and also John Kennedy Sr. Uh, and Alistair Clarkson, after Jeff Kennett spoke for about six minutes, it was Alistair Clarkson's turn uh, to address. My time at Hawthorne, you know, the end has got to come at some point in time. My wife and I have been wrestling with this, um, not just in this last um, 18 months, but for a period of time. When is it? When is it right? And strangely enough, the thing that keeps pulling you back to the football club is your, your loyalty to the club but the loyalty your loyalty to the people within the club and you know to the the Jager Ramirez and the um, and the Chad Wingards and the Will Days and these type of guys that you recruit to the club on the um, on the premise that you're going to be part of something special and you're going to we're going to help you be the best you can be and we want you to help us be the best we can be and it's really hard to uh, to split yourself away from that emotional attachment that you have to your to your players and your club, and so there's no there's no easy time to find uh, when it's the right time to leave. Albeit we uh, we geared this contract, um, my wife and I, to um, the end of my our third child's schooling, which is you know, our third child son Matthew, and he, he finishes at Caulfield Grammar at the at the end of next year. At which point in time we thought to ourselves, well, that will be 18 years. Um, it's a long period of time, as Jeff indicated, to be in the one organisation. Um, and at that point in time, will it be an appropriate time just to uh, take a breath and uh, see what we want to do with our lives from that point in time? Is that um, in coaching and out of coaching? Is it in football or out of football? Is it in Australia or out of Australia? All these type of things. We've got a little bit of freedom at that point in time because our, our last child will have finished his secondary school. And so um, in, the, in the meantime, um, you know, I, I had dis discussions with the club very informally, I might add, but um, even as far back as, uh, as last year in terms of what, uh, what all this looked like for the club and when was the right time for, um, for me, to, uh, me to finish up. 
Alistair Clarkson speaking today at the press conference and then Sam Mitchell, the next coach in waiting from the Hawthorne Football Club who uh, was captain in 2008 when Clarkson won a premiership in his third year at the club, um, was an assistant coach at West Coast after leaving the Hawks uh, for their 2018 flag and has been back at Hawthorne in his third year now and uh, this year coaching the Box Hill Hawks in the VFL, 7-2, and two, their record this year. Um, Michael Gleeson said today that the setup would be that Sam Mitchell would coach them still next year whilst also continuing to learn and spend as much time as possible with Alistair Clarkson as part of that handover and that transition. Sam Mitchell uh, spoke as well today. They're stepping out of the Collingwood um, process. You know, I was very open with the club and speaking with them about how that was looking and how that was progressing and... Um, as, as Clarko mentioned, when you spend all this time with all these players and in my role over the last two and a bit years, but particularly this year with the with the being the head of development, spending time with these guys, growing them and helping them helping them develop to be their best, um, seeing how how far we can take that um, is something I'm very passionate about. And over the next eighteen months, you know, continuing to coach Box Hill, which I absolutely love. I'm, you know, I'll leave here this afternoon and I'll drive to Box Hill and take training there and. Um, you know, that'll still be a key part of my role and I'll continue to learn in that position, but then spend all my... I can hear the players carrying on downstairs and having a good time, which means we've got a, you know, a positive environment here that we're able to create. So uh, I've been proud of that. Um, also, I've got more time to continue to um, to learn under under Clarko and we'll continue to work together on what, what the medium-term, short-term look like and I'll obviously have a more of an eye on the longer term. Um, past the next 18 months. Sam Mitchell as well. So those are the three key figures involved uh, today from a, a president, uh, from the incumbent coach, uh, the greatest coach in the modern era, four-time premiership coach in Alistair Clarkson, and then Sam Mitchell, a four-time premiership player, and now um, officially Hawthorne's next coach in waiting as part of a handover that would see Clarko continue on next year. Uh, Sam Mitchell continue in his role as coach of Box Hill and, and continue on as a development coach and work with Clarko on game day. So Justin Reeves, the CEO, spoke to Bob and Andy uh, and addressed uh, today's announcement. Yeah, um, I guess that we've always sort of said that, you know, we sit down at the end of the year, um, the end of this season, 12 months out from the end of the current contract um, with Clarko and, and talk about what it looked like post that. And that was always the plan um, until, as you said, a couple of weeks ago when uh, the approach was made back to the club. And uh, then, you know, what happens is it goes to the board and uh, the board have a discussion about it and, you know, weigh up a lot of options and weigh up a lot of, of, of people and a lot of things. And one of the things that we've been doing over that period of time is, you know, we brought Sam in um, to develop Sam as a potential coach for us, but also... You know, to develop Sam and he may end up being a potential coach somewhere else. And, you know, that was never known. There was no guarantees um, in that place. But what we what's happened over the last, you know, year or probably 18 months is the club's gone into a probably a different phase than we've been in previously and that's a, that's really a development, you know, a development phase, um, which may take, you know, sort of five years or at least five years to really be challenging again uh, to win premierships. Um, Sam is on a journey, you know, you would say, and, and, and I think what this this arrangement enables is that another year, you know, Sam's been a wonderful player for a long period of time. He then went to West Coast and got some experience outside of Hawthorne 
learned some experience coaching outside of Hawthorne, came back here and was an assistant, coaching his own team this year. Um, and this arrangement enabled him to continue his development with sort of one eye on the future. And uh, he's been involved in the rebuild of our list and, and the injection of youth over his role. And it sort of gives him a bit of continuity. Okay, I've sort of already probably had a month down the track on this path, and this sort of gives me, you know, a, a, a sort of clear runway in the future. So I think, um, you know, he was very excited about it. Like any, you know, anyone in life that's presented an opportunity, they have to, to think about it and they have to weigh it up. But uh, no, he's very excited. Hawthorne CEO Justin Reeves, who incidentally, and it's been played a few times, uh, this audio, so I won't play it again, but uh, today it was uh, reminded of us that on May 28th, uh, when speaking to SEN, he did make the point that succession plans, when it came to them, it's a dangerous to go down that path and we've never gone down that path with any of our assistant coaches. So they must have just felt that the pull away or the... the the demand for Sam Mitchell was so high that they needed to, to make this call and the club uh, telling us that that was Alistair Clarkson who approached this approached them and said that, you know, with the landscape the way that it is, maybe they'd need to have some serious conversations about exactly what they want to do about Sam Mitchell and what they want to do about him and this is where they've landed. So it's a it's an incredibly it's the biggest story of the year when it comes to football. Uh, this Clarko has been there since 2005. He will finish up as an 18-year coach and four premierships and the impact that he had when he first got to the club. We've, we've heard from players that were there at the time and it was a big shock to the system because some he had to say, hey, you won't be part of our next premiership, so if you want to be here, your role is this. You're either on board or you're out. He had to. He removed people that were long-term um, stalwarts of the Hawthorne Football Club so he made strong and decisive change from the moment he stepped through the door and they won a flag in 2008. They had an incredibly rich draft crop in 2001 and then um, they made bold trade moves up until they appointed Clarko and even after they made they appointed Clarko, uh, the 2004 draft obviously was a, was a bumper crop for them and then he got the absolute most out of that group and more than you would even hope to expect with the, with the three-peat as well, 2013-14. Uh, uh, and 15, and they did that uh, whilst having the strength of an organisation to allow uh, the best player in the game at the time, Buddy Franklin, to, to leave and not wanting to overpay anybody. Um, it's an incredible legacy that he leaves. So for Hawthorne fans today, I'd love to hear from you, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You might be really struggling with this because it's how can we say that a guy who we still believe is, if not the best coach in the game, one of the best couple, does it? compute to you that we're telling that guy that his services are no longer required at the Hawthorne Football Club and that you're not going to be part of our future moving forward. It almost seems incomprehensible and unfathomable, but then when you look at it rationally, you can understand why clubs want a future plan. But do we, do we believe that Sam Mitchell is ready? You know, Clarko, before he took the reins as a senior coach, he'd been a runner for a year after he finished up at Melbourne in 1988. He was an assistant at St Kilda. Uh, he then went on to coach Werribee. He then went over to coach Central Districts in the Sandful. He was a, an assistant coach at Port Adelaide when they won their flag. So he'd had about six years as either an apprentice or as the head coach of a second-tier team. And Sam Mitchell, I think, will be around four years of doing something similar. Is that enough? Is he ready is, is this the right move? I mean, I suppose you never know and you've, you can be stung by paralysis of analysis and not make a move and then somehow you might find that you're, you've allowed the greatest coach, you know, of the modern era to stay too long. 
So from a Hawthorne point of view, if you're a Hawks fan today, I'd just love to hear how you're feeling about this. It would be bittersweet, I would imagine. There might not even be any sweet for you. I suppose you asked the question, is this really what Clarko wants? Did he read the tea leaves and, and get a sense that they wanted to make a change anyway and he's forced their hand? Because he was never going to leave. He has said a thousand times that he'll never break his contract with the Hawthorne Football Club. He is all about loyalty. So it, would all, it was always going to have to be Hawthorne that said, that's the end of the road because I don't think Clarko was going to be the one to do it and certainly not one to break his contract. So is this really what Clarko wants? He sounded pretty sure of, of what he wanted in, in that grab that we played before. The, the shockwaves that this will send, they say that a, 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 a pebble in a pond can send multiple ripples. This is a boulder being dropped in a pond for what it might do around the rest of the competition. Every single club right now would be looking at themselves going, should we make a play? As a senior coach, as a coaching advisor, uh, as a head of footy maybe, every media outlet would be saying, well, geez, we're better ring his manager. I mean, we'll tap into the most successful coaching brain of the modern era. As part. So this, this will send massive ripples, shockwaves all throughout the competition. The effects are going to be felt and pontificated on for a long, long time. What does it mean for Collingwood? What does it mean for Carlton? What does it mean for any club? I think there's about eight teams with coaches coming out of contract next year. Would teams like Carlton and Collingwood, knowing that Clarko doesn't want to break his contract, would they install an interim coach for a year and a half? I know that David Teague's there and mean no disrespect, so I should have just said Collingwood there. So would Collingwood put in an interim coach in the, in the attempt to desperately try and get Clarko at the end of next year? And then what does it mean for coaches coming out of contract next year? Every single club will be inquiring about what's next for Alistair Clarkson. And is there a next? Is he a career coach? Campbell Brown seems to think so. But Clarko sort of sounded there like there was other things that maybe they wanted to pursue. Will he have a year off? Will he come back? There's so many ifs, buts. Did the soft cap play a big part in this for Hawthorne? Did they look at the fact that they're paying someone reportedly somewhere close to a million dollars a year as a coach and with less money in the soft cap now and, and a lack of assistance and assistance being... You know, talking a lot about how they're burning the candle and they're having to do a lot more with a lot less. Did that play into the the conversation and the situation that they could save some money there and maybe bolster up a, an assistant coaching department? And do succession plans actually work? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. What are the ones you think work? Maybe Kennedy Par uh, Parkin back in the day. Ross Lyon, uh, sorry, uh, Paul Ruse and John Longmire. Did that work? I think you'd say yes. We're still waiting to see where the Warsfold Rutten works. Obviously, this conjures up Mouldhouse and Buckley memories and how do we feel that actually played out in the end. And there, there's just so much to work our way through. So one 736 736 Brad Sewell, who was a premiership teammate of Sam Mitchell's and played under Alistair Clarkson in two flags at the Hawks, he's going to join me after 6.30 to give his view on the, the news of today be fascinating to get his read on it all. one 736 Jamie, your first cab off the rank after the, this break. And when we'll come back, it's your say on the biggest news story of the day and the year on Time On SEN. Monstrous day in the AFL world. Alistair Clarkson and the Hawthorne Football Club announcing that his contract would finish at the end of next year and would not be renewed. Instead, the reins will be handed over to four-time Premiership Hawk Sam Mitchell uh, from 2023. So that uh, will obviously rock the footy world. There will be massive ramifications felt 
all throughout the footballing landscape, I think you'd find. But uh, we want to get your view. one 736 or 0433981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Just quickly, we will hear from uh, Andrew Westacott and Martin Pakula in regards to the Formula One and MotoGP events being cancelled. That's... Uh, really disappointing news for those sports and for obviously our, our sport in this country. Econ- economically, it's a massive hit. It's the um, most profitable regional sporting event uh, in Australia. It generates something like $30 million to the local economy and the Victorian economy um, down at Phillip Island. So that is a massive blow uh, to the people down that way. And the Formula One obviously is a huge event in the context of the sporting calendar year and that will be really keenly felt, the loss that that will incur. So that's another big story today and we will cover that. AFL has confirmed that Ballarat will host the Giants and the Suns this weekend and the age of reporting that crowds are reportedly set to increase from 50% capped at 25,000 to 75% capped at 30,000. Uh, so those are just a couple of the big stories making news today. And Darcy Parrish re-signing for another couple of years at Essendon, which will take him up the free agency. We speculated on that last night, and that's what's been announced today. But let's get back to the biggest story of the day. Jamie and Barwin Heads wants to talk Clarko, uh, Sam Mitchell and Hawks. Yeah, Doug. Lifetime Hawks supporter, mate. Love the club. Love Clarko. Love Sam Mitchell. I think they've all handled it with a bit of class. So I'm definitely bittersweet because what Clarko has done has been awesome. But I think he leads the club in the in the in the right way. The club's sort of set up for another tilt in the next few years. So he's yeah, all very proud of the whole thing. But yeah, disappointed. But you know, still happy. You know. No, appreciate it, Jamie. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I think that'll ring true for a lot of Hawthorne fans. I still haven't made up my mind as a Hawks member exactly how I feel. I'm trying to separate that side of it from myself and look through it through my rational broadcaster brain. Uh, some would say that I don't even have that capacity, but uh, I, I'm still juggling with it from both perspectives as a Hawks member but also as a broadcaster as well. It is a massive call to make to say to the greatest coach of the modern era, I think that's enough. It it is a huge decision. Shouldn't underestimate the magnitude of it. And it is an even bigger decision to to look at at appointing a legend of the club, a four-time premiership player, when traditionally in modern times that actually hasn't worked out that well. Not saying it won't work out here, but there is trepidation involved in it. we all, I think everybody agrees that Sam Mitchell is going to be a fantastic senior coach. Um, Alistair Clarkson warned a couple of weeks ago that don't rush into it too early. That was his warning to Sam and the Hawthorne Football Club. So they're obviously very confident that this isn't rushing in too early. So fingers crossed uh, that's the case. Uh, Paul's in King Lake West. G'day, Paul. Okay, Sam, how you going, mate? I'm really well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm a long-time Hawthorne supporter. Um, I actually think that um, I wish the Clark all the best, of course, you know, and I wish yep. Sam all the best too, but I, I actually think that um, uh, Clark might actually uh, get it, uh, go out and look after Dingley, mate. Go and look out... Uh, go and look after Dingley uh, is in... Up, yeah, set up, set up Dingley, yeah, yeah. So, you, so, well, Jeff Kennett did say today that this isn't the end. This is a, a punctuation mark. So maybe there yeah, is a I role think... for Clarkson at Hawthorne moving forward. But Campbell Brown spoke today about him being, he has always believed that Clarko is a career coach. Maybe that's not, yeah. maybe that's not the case. Well, I think, I think it's a massive job going out there to set it up and I think he's the perfect guy to do it, mate. 
Yeah, um, you, you, you could be right. You could be right. I, I would say yeah. that he's going to have a ton of offers, Paul. He, he, the, the, these managers' phone will already be blowing up, um, and it probably has been all day, uh, and so it should whether it be for another senior coaching gig as a head of football somewhere perhaps in the media. I think he could just about take his pick of, of jobs that would be thrown his way at the moment, Alistair Clarkson. Uh, whether or not that's going to be at the Hawthorne Footy Club, I suppose, remains to be seen. And He'll now go away and think, well, what do I want the next phase of my working life to be? Or do I still have that itch to, to be a senior coach? Uh, Greg, Greg in Blackburn. G'day, Greg. G'day, Sam. How are you going, buddy? I'm well, thank you, mate. I'm really, really happy for Alice. Uh, whether it's forced on him or not, you know, he's 53, 54, 55, not quite sure. But it is time to smell the roses. Life's very short. He, he did mention that his, his uh, third boy's about to finish school. Mm. And he talked to his wife 18 months ago about what does it look like coming out when my children finish school. And he may coach again, but I'd recommend he just smells the roses. You know, 18 years yep. under pressure. It's time to maybe travel the world a little bit and give back to his family and have some fun. Maybe a little freshen up, you think, Greg? I really do. You know, look, he's an unbelievable coach. We all know that. Unbelievable guy. We all know that. But I think that this may have been taken out of his his, uh, grasp. And he might be sitting back tonight thinking, wow, I'm actually happy this has happened. I just need to smell the roses and... And just have a have a look at what I want to do and be a bit happy and have some free time and not the pressure. So I applaud him. What a magnificent coach. Yep. And Jeff Chetnick, he's, he's a magnificent man <laughs> as well. Greg, thank that's you very much. I think that's another thing to hopefully not lose in all this as well, and I don't think it will, but just the gratitude I think that we'll find from not just Hawthorne fans, but but for the game. I mean, you look at what's happened since. There's a lot of people that would probably owe their start in coaching to the fact that Hawthorne broke the mould and, and took a chance on a relative unknown. Like you, I'll be honest, when, when they said we're going to – our new coach is Alistair Clarkson, I said, who? Who is that? And I had no idea. Back then, in 2004, um, going into the 2005 season. And I think that a lot of people would put their hand up and say the same thing. But it's been an overwhelming success. Jason Dunstall was a visionary in, in putting, planting his flag, saying, this is the guy. So what he's been able to do at Hawthorne, I think the Hawthorne people will be eternally grateful for. Hawthorne players that played under him and got to experience that. Other coaches that he mentored and who have now gone on to have premiership success elsewhere will be forever grateful. Uh, And there'll be other coaches that maybe would not have got a job if people weren't trying to emulate what Hawthorne had done in trying something new, going for something unknown. So it's a tremendous legacy that he leaves and, and whatever he chooses to do next uh, will be fascinating to see. Did Hawthorne jump at shadows? Was the, the looming approach of Collingwood to Sam Mitchell, did that force their hand? Uh, have Collingwood been instrumental now in another coaching succession plan? Uh, that's been speculated on today. Uh, Paul's in Williamstown. G'day, Paul. Yeah, g'day, mate. How are you? Really well, thanks. Thank you. Um, I think the timing uh, is... Very much right at the moment for a new coach to come in. And I'm, I've always been dubious about a next player coming back to the club, but I, I'm pretty confident about Sam Mitchell and his ability. Mm. So I just think that right now is the right time to make this decision. I'd just like to reach out and say, you know, obviously, as a proud Hawks supporter, that absolutely 
we've had a great time under mm. Clarko. Yep. And we've, you know, we can't thank him enough for what his services have been at the club. And, um, you know, just really applaud him for what he's done. And when I first heard about this today, I just sat back and thought, you know what, perfect timing because I, I straight away thought of Paul Roos and um, Goodwin over at Melbourne. And I thought, look at what Melbourne's doing at the moment. And I just thought, it might be the right time. And we might be able to have someone who can, you know, pass on the baton at the right time to a, you know, a, a coach who I think is probably going to be as good as Goodwin. You know, so I'm pretty confident about where we're headed. It gave me a bit of passion back too. I just thought, you know, it's the right time. Paul, thank you. No, beautifully expressed. No, no, thank you very much. Greatly appreciate your view. And I think, yeah, that that seems to be coming through a lot. Uh, An acceptance that maybe it is time for a change, but a a tremendous and deeply felt gratitude uh, for what Clarko was able to provide for Hawthorne members and fans. And, uh, yeah, that, that seems to be the kind of right place to, to land on it. one uh, Brad Sewell to join us next on Time On. one uh, Time On, your say on the news of the day. 0433 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. So Alistair Clarkson to finish up at the end of next year. Hand the reins over to a man that was his captain in 2008 when he achieved his first premiership uh, and then who went on to win another three under the tutelage of Alistair Clarkson. He goes away to West Coast, uh, gets a flag as an assistant coach over there, comes back to the Hawks a year after at the request of Alistair Clarkson, and now um, he will take over as Hawthorne's newest head coach from 2023. A man that played uh, in two of those grand finals with Sam Mitchell and under Alistair Clarkson. Uh, He was a best and fairest winner in 2007. 200 stellar games for the Hawthorne Football Club. Brad Sewell joins me on the line. G'day, Brad. No, Sam, how's things, mate? Uh, really well, thank you. Um, I would ask you how you're going, but I've just imagined that you're just living a wonderful life these days uh, up in Byron Bay. <laughs> no, well, uh, not quite. We got uh, we got lucky. We came up here at the beginning of last year before the sky started falling down. And, um, yeah, timing was, timing was uh, impeccable, as it turned out. Apart from running parts of a marathon with Luke Hodge, what are you doing these days, please? Uh, well, not too much. We've, um, I'm working for a, an investment uh, firm in Melbourne, so from uh, from up here in the in the cryptocurrency space. So it's um, never a dull moment. It's been really interesting. Uh, that's just an area where you and I won't be able to have an intelligent conversation in, mate, because I'm a luddite when it comes to that stuff. So I have nothing to add here. I've got no lines in that play. But one thing I do want to talk to you about is this is a massive news story today, probably the biggest of the year, along with Nathan Buckley. Uh, were you shocked when you heard? Uh, I mean, not entirely surprised. It, it sort of felt like it was, was getting set up for something like this without uh, without ever really knowing. Um, so there's still quite a bit of water to go under a bridge, but it feels like it, it sets, it sets the club up for a bit of stability over a, a period of time where otherwise that may not have been the case. How does it sit with you? Because I'd imagine as a, as a former player, and you know both of these guys really, really well, uh, you still love the club. Do, do you go from being, oh, geez, I don't know, to no, this is right, to, geez, are we being disrespectful to Clarko? Or is it too... Uh, what are the emotions that you've been feeling all day? Without knowing what happened behind closed doors, I mean, I know as much as you in terms of what was said in the media today and and, uh, and what I read, but it feels like it was um, uh, sort of we sat around the table and, and had a chat and, and agreed upon the the situation. Um, and as a as a 
past player, it, it feels good to know that um, the, the place is in safe hands. So you uh, joined the club at two, in 2003, um, which was just before Clarko got there. What do you remember about the when he took over? I've, I've had a chat to Nick Holland and a couple of others who were there at the time, so I know the impact that Cyclone Clarko had when he arrived. <laughs> What's your recollection? Yeah, well, exactly that. It was a, um, a bit of baptism, baptism of fire, I'd say, for, for the entire club um, and, and the players first and foremost in terms of the standards that he set for the playing group and um, a pretty large shift in, in game plan and, and certainly personnel as well, um, which obviously turned out to be, to be pretty successful. And what about when it comes to Sam Mitchell? What qualities do you think that he would bring to the table as a, as a senior coach? Uh, I mean, it appears his, his, his apprenticeship has, has been pretty sound. I mean, he was setting himself up to coach whilst he was playing. Um, and obviously, and you know, took a pretty active role uh, in the midfield and uh, more broadly within the club and, and nurturing the young guys. So, like all players, he had some deficiencies you had to work on. He was well aware of those, and um, he's obviously gone away and focused on those. And and and, and he's been a part of a, another successful program in, in West Coast. Um, and I think importantly for his own development, he's uh, he's now in charge of his own team at Box Hill. Um, and uh, and I'm not, has it been announced what he'll do next year in terms of yeah, back so, as an assistant coach or at Box Hill? Yeah, yeah. so the the belief is still at Box Hill, but will obviously okay. be working a lot closer with Clarko and especially on game days, which he's got a game day role uh, anyway. Uh, I saw him just lace out uh, one of the runners with a 45 metre stab pass in dress shoes the other day, and I thought <laughs> yeah, he still hadn't lost it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it looks like he'll still keep the reins of Box Hill, but but again working pretty closely with Clarko. Um, when you talk about deficiencies and without betraying any confidences, what do you think have been some of the challenges that Sam has had to overcome? Normally with the very best of players, Brad Sewell, we've seen in the past that some of the, some of the hurdles that they've had when they become coaches is that having to accept that not everybody does it the way that they did it? It probably hit an nail on the head there. I think as a player, his standards were, were so incredibly high that it was a, a frustration for him that the some players weren't as professional or didn't approach the game in the, in the same manner as, as he did. Um, and so I'd imagine as a coach, it's something that, that he's now certainly a bit more critically aware of and something he's had to, um, I, I guess, work on, um, knowing that uh, everybody can prepare you know, at a certain level but have a different focus and a different mindset going in. And um, I mean, he's, I, I don't think I've seen anybody, know of anybody that's worked... Um, as, as much or as, as aware of themselves as he is, certainly as a player. So I've no doubt that as a coach, um, he certainly surrounded himself himself with some some really good mentors, and um, it's been a, an aim of his for a long time to be a senior coach. So uh, he'll be uh, very well prepared. Speaking of Brad Sewell on Time On on SEN, uh, former Premiership teammate of Sam Mitchell and uh, and player under Alistair Clarkson, so perfectly placed to have a chat about the events of today. Brad, when it comes to Clarko, what do you think the greatest, and obviously you can't speak for Sam, but it, and it might be something that you know for yourself, but what do you think the greatest thing that Sam could take from Clarko would be and then apply it to his own coaching? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I imagine there'd be a number of things. I mean, you don't you don't stay in the role that Clark has stayed in first and foremost for that period of time without being really adaptable. Um, and notwithstanding extraordinary success, but 
to be able to um, communicate with the with the kids of today and, and get the same cut through as he did. 15 years ago. I mean, the guys coming through now are very, very different to certainly what we were mm. um, back then. So, um, you know, communication is certainly a strength and his, his ability to adapt and evolve um, as a person and, uh, you know, certainly from a game plan and game style sense and, and remain at the forefront of of the football technicality, if you like, has certainly been one of Clarko's strengths. So when it comes to, I suppose, the the, the, the legacy that, that Clarko leaves, it's very hard to sum it up, to, to, to put a bow around it. Um, but he was spoken today by Jeff Kennett in the same sentence as John Kennedy Sr. and Alan Jeans, which you could clearly see was uh, quite humbling for Clarko and spoke about that, that impact. But how big a figure? Uh, from a, a Hawthorne point of view, and you've walked the halls and you've rubbed shoulders with the biggest figures uh, through Hawthorne, whether from of all those generations, where does he sit? Uh, upper, upper echelon, there's no doubt. Um, I, I think I think the true legacy of Clarko will be felt another five to ten years. When you see the likes of um, Mitchell and whoever else comes through as a, as, a, as a coach, notwithstanding the legacy purely just from the assistant coaches that have gone on to become senior coaches. But I, I think not just when you're thinking or talking about Hawthorne, more broadly the game. I, I don't think there have been too many that have had the influence on the game more broadly that Clarko has. And that's from you know, grassroots up um, in, in every aspect. So... The, uh, yeah, there's certainly not too many bigger names at Hawthorne um, and uh, yeah, it certainly extend back to the game more broadly. I think when we look back over the time that Clarko had there, I mean, one of the, the more fascinating periods of time and we're learning a little bit more about that uh, year in, year out, is, is, is what sort of went on between Clarko and Buddy and, and the general feeling that one of the things that, prompted Buddy to, to head off was that maybe, you know, Clarko flying over to see him and all that kind of stuff. But to, to be able to have the strength of your convictions it's to, a, to even to the point, and some might call it stubborn, other people might call it, no, 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 I know exactly what I want and what I want us to be about. But that could have been one of the... That's one of the greatest sliding door moments in, in, in I think, Hawthorne history, that Clarko stuck to his guns about what he wanted. Buddy said, no, that's not for me, and off he goes. And the ability to still then lose the, the greatest player in the comp... The best player at that time in the competition for mine and then go on and win another two flags, I, I, that, that's an extraordinary part of the story. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is. It's, it's brilliant stubbornness or whatever you want to call it. You need to have ex- extreme conviction and self-belief. And I think all senior coaches do, but coupled with that decision uh, or scenario I've just mentioned, you could argue Stuart Dew was um, similar in that. You know, I don't think we win in 2008, um, firstly, if Clarko brings Dewey over. And, uh, and Clarko had to, to, to swim against the tide there as well to get Dewey into the footy club. Um, and then to, to get him physically right and then to effectively um, win the grand final and then also to, you know, um, turn, well, not entirely turn Dewey into a senior coach, but open his eyes in that sense as well. So th- there are a number of those decisions that um, I'd suggest pivoted Hawthorne and the playing group into the, the ultimate success that we had. If I had to force you to make a prediction about where you think or what you think is next for Clarko, does he ride off into the sunset 
um, with his legacy <laughs> firmly intact? Does he does he go for another challenge as a senior coach? Does he take on a different role in football? Does he head into the media? Um, what what would you what would you guess would be the next thing, or what would you like to see him do? I couldn't even hazard a guess. I mean, he probably doesn't even know himself. Um, no, I've, I've honestly got no idea. I mean, he could obviously, if he decided to continue coaching, there'd be an abundance of offers. Um, media, of course. Um, I could see him just sort of tinkering around his little farm there for a bit and um, and keeping himself busy there for a while. But I've honestly got no idea. He's obviously been that career coach, and um, he could step into any type of commercial role I would imagine as well just in terms of culture and, and governance um, given his experience and, and success there so um, I couldn't hazard a guess I'm sure he doesn't know himself at the moment so um, he's got a lot, of, a lot of things that he needs to, to do between now and then before he makes that decision. Brad Sewell now based in Byron just living a, an extraordinary life uh, thank you very much for taking some time away from your busy schedule and, and just giving us your view on the events of today we really appreciate it. No worries thanks very much. Brad Sewell, on a huge day, a massive day in the landscape of football. It, it, it's not often that somebody lasts as long as Alistair Clarkson does, the legacy that he has, and then the effects of this decision, though. That's going to be the fascinating part of what's to come. What will this do in the greater football community in terms of impact? I suppose that's all still to be seen. one 736 off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. A few other things making news. We'll work our way through those after this. And a big news day. Obviously, earlier on today, we found out that the Victorian government had pulled the pin on the uh, MotoGP uh, and also the Formula One that was set to happen later in the year. So those uh, are two very, very big decisions to... Very disappointing decisions for fans of that sport, for those sports, uh, for the money that they generate to the local economies and for a whole range of different reasons. Uh, it was all intents and purposes at the start of the year. We were told that those events would go ahead and everyone would be vaccinated and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, it's unfortunately, that's not the situation we find ourselves in. So that will have a massive blow um, for, for those involved and on the greater economy as well. A report just coming in too that... Three players and four management team members of the English cricket team have tested positive to COVID-19. So they've got a, a series coming up with Pakistan um, that will still go ahead. They'll just bring some other players and support staff in. Uh, Darcy Parrish has re-signed for two years at Essendon. That'll take him up to his free agency period, but that's good news. He's having a career best year would be, uh, he'll be right up in, I'd say, top 10, top five for the Brownlow this year. It's certainly All-Australian record-breaking year. Most disposals by any Essendon player, most contested possessions by any Essendon player. He's won three individual medals this year already in various games throughout the season, including Anzac Day and uh, Yoyukin Award. Uh, and the Tom Wills medal as well. So just uh, that's a great signing for the Essendon Footy Club. Brilliant year that he's having. And who would have thought that it came all due to the fact that they had so many midfield injuries that they were finally forced to play him uh, in the position that they drafted him to play and then look at the results of it. So uh, great story um, and well done to Darcy Parrish. Um, Ballarat confirmed as the venue for the Giants and the Suns game this weekend. So that'll be a great... Uh, occasion for the people of Ballarat and uh, if we're still to have teams here then regional 
grounds. Hopefully more regional places get a chance to, to host an AFL game. Uh, from, all, from what I'm reading too, that Brisbane are heading back to Queensland. So that is positive signs ahead of hoping to be able to host a Saturday night's game at the Gabba. But we'll wait and see on that. Uh, the global game with Simon Hill's up next. Semi-finals of the Euros tomorrow morning. Italy, Spain, England, Denmark. So he'll take you all through that. And I'll be back with you at 8 o'clock. So still plenty more to come on SEM. But the global game's up next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.